So we're going to continue our, our kingdom series today. Like, really? 18 weeks? And we're looking at uh, a subject that is vast. So it's not going to get covered in a 30, 40-minute sermon. It's just not. So go ahead and just make sure you understand you're not going to leave here knowing everything there is to know about healing. But I want us to look at it in the way we've been looking at all these things, uh, these, these subjects that we've, we've tackled the last 18 weeks, from commitment to serving to um, the demonstration, uh, at, even in, in relationship to end times, as Ed has been teaching. All these things that we've been teaching have been in relationship to the kingdom. Say the kingdom. See, if you haven't been here, we've been teaching on the kingdom of God because we believe the kingdom of God is, is huge. And Jesus, when he was, after he was resurrected for 40 days before he ascended, what did he do? He preached the, the kingdom. He preached all about the kingdom. He taught about the kingdom. In, in the Bible, we, we like to talk a lot about the church. And when we come to church, we want to talk about the church. And that's okay. The church is important. The church is, is wonderful. But Jesus, if you will study this, just the Gospels, Jesus mentioned the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom is at hand. He mentioned it 122 times in the New King James Version. You know how many times he mentioned the word church? Two. So I think that we should make sure that we focus on what Jesus focused on. So we're going we're to continue to talk about the kingdom because the kingdom is huge. Now, there are different types of kingdoms listed in the Bible. Uh, basically, it... Uh, for, for us, there's only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light. That's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. There's the kingdom of darkness. That's where Satan is the king. That's where he has his domain or his dominion. <clears throat> but within the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven, there are different aspects of that kingdom mentioned in Scripture. So I'm going to try to give you some background on that a little bit before we move on on the subject of healing. Because in the... And when we talk about the kingdom of God or the kingdom is at hand or the kingdom of heaven, those are interchangeable. Uh, there is the kingdom that Jesus brought with him when he came and was born in the stable and became, uh, he, he said, when he, at the age of 30, when he was baptized, he began his ministry. Even John the baptizer said, look, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was preaching the kingdom is near because he knew the king was coming. So a kingdom is a domain or a a realm that is overseen by the king. So if you're a part of the kingdom of God through salvation, how, how do we get into the kingdom? We have to be born again. We don't, we're not born physically again. We're born spiritually into the kingdom of God. John 3, you can go back and read it. Now, some people are more active in the kingdom than other people. But the kingdom came, and the king is on earth, Jesus brought the kingdom of earth to earth. It was a visible kingdom because you could see the king. When you saw Jesus, you could see the kingdom. Okay? So, then he said, other people were asking, well, how, how, how does this kingdom work? He said, well, the kingdom actually comes within you. When you're saved, when you're born again, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you surrender all, whatever terminology you like to use, you, come, you become a citizen of the kingdom. And I've, I've taken this phrase from what we use and when I used to watch uh, shows about the president. We serve at the pleasure of the king. Okay? Say, I serve, I serve. at the pleasure of the king. Because, see, you're in his domain. You, you said he is my king. 
President Trump is not your king. Your husband is not your king. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> Jesus Christ is our king. He is king of kings, of all kings, and lord of all lords. So when we come into this kingdom through salvation, we have surrendered and we submitted to the king. Okay, so there's that king. There's the, inter there's the, the internal kingdom. When he comes in, Jesus Christ lives in you, and you live in him. All these things are like very mysterious, right? Because they're all by faith. They're all spiritual. But the other kingdom is the eternal kingdom. Now, that's if you have loved ones that have passed on that know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. They're in the eternal kingdom, okay? So there are all these aspects of the kingdom. But when Jesus was on earth, he would teach the kingdom. And so all the things that we've been talking about for all these weeks it's about what do we look like as kingdom people? What do kingdom children act like? How, how do we live? How do we move and have our being? We have our move and have our being in Christ Jesus, right? But so oftentimes we begin to live in our flesh and we don't look like kingdom kids. Anybody? Can I get a, a witness? So many times. Don't, how many of you have lived in your flesh before? If you don't raise your hand, you're a liar. Look at your neighbor that's not raising their hand and say, you're lying in church. Now you've got to repent. That's right. Because we all get in our flesh. None of us are perfect. None of us have arrived. Listen, if you know somebody that says they're perfect, that they've arrived, you need to just move away from them. Because they're probably full of self-righteousness. And they probably elevated themselves. And when you start elevating yourselves instead of the king, you get in trouble. So we're going to look at this, this thing called the kingdom of God. Uh, in, in, in relationship to healing because it's a huge subject in the church today. Now, the church, you know, some people say, what's the difference between the church and the kingdom of God? Well, if you want to Google that, you can Google it forever, and you're going to find every thousands of different ideas and opinions. Some say the kingdom of God and the church are synonymous. I, dis, I, I used to think that. I don't think that anymore. Did you know your thinking can change? It, it can change, Okay. A lot of you have come from different backgrounds and denominations. Yeah, my thinking has changed because mine has changed a lot over. And so I don't ever like to lock myself in and say, well, I've got it all figured out because I'm still working on it. And I hope you are too. That's why he says to study to show yourself approved, okay? He says keep studying, keep, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. That's what we're supposed to be about as, as Christians, as kingdom kids. Now, the church is in the Greek is called the ekklesia. That means the called out ones. So I believe that the church is, is kind of like, if you look at the country, and let's, let's pretend that America is, is, is uh, a kingdom, and then we have a king, then all the, the people that serve within the kingdom, you have all these different aspects of people that serve in the kingdom, okay? Uh, let's say, we're, well, Texans serve a little bit different than New, York's, New Yorkers, would you say? We're a little bit different. Some people have said, actually, that the kingdom is made up of all the denominational and all the different types of churches that are in the body of, that are in the body of Christ. That could be an also a different aspect of it too. I remember somebody telling me one time, God wasn't surprised that we had the Catholic Church and the Methodist Church and the and the the non-denominational church and the charismatic church and and the and the uh, all the others, <laughs> Presbyterian. There's so many. He's not surprised. Do you think he's surprised that that happened? So. 
If God's not surprised about it, and he always desired that would be, we would be one, did you think that his desire is that we could all work together in the kingdom? Okay. How many of you know many churches don't like other churches? Even within their own denominations. I've been a part of a big denomination, and I'm telling you, it was like competition. Don't you get any of our members. Don't you take any of our members. Don't you be proselyting. I didn't even know what proselyting meant, you know? What? I'm not, I'm not going to proselyte. What? Is that something like a termite or a hepatite? Why? I don't know, but they don't want to proselyte. But, you know, they don't want you stealing their members like, like we own you. <laughs> you can't leave. We own you. Got a con See, some churches, you have to sign a contract with them. Anybody ever sign a contract? Oh, I've talked to people that sign. Well, they've they've signed giving contracts. All right, that's worse. <laughs> so, the, the the kingdom is big, and it's made up of God's people. What and it goes outside the walls of the building, okay? Uh, and God, I believe God's called us to be a kingdom church. And when you when you see us, or you look, you see us as pastors in the church or members of our church, we. We don't feel like we are better than any other church here in the city. We don't feel like we're exclusive. We feel like God's put us here for a purpose in this place. And we're reaching a lot of people. But I'm glad that Paul Ann's reaching a lot of people. And I'm glad that um, Glenn Meadows is reaching people. I, listen, we, we're, the world is big. If, if We've got to work together on this thing, guys. And if we don't, then we're in trouble. But God's not surprised about all that. Not one bit. So when the, the subject of, of healing came up, the subject of healing came up because somebody's, somebody earlier said September, was it Blenda? September's a month to remember. Man, September's a month for me to forget. How many of you want to just forget this month? I'm just one of the few. <laughs> yeah, some good things happened, but a lot of bad things happened to me. And a lot of you have been praying for me. And I thought, well, I'm going to get up and preach on healing, and I've been probably one of the sickest people in the church for September. And God said, yep. Okay, God. He said, I want you to beat the devil up with the stick he's been trying to whoop you with. <laughs> and you should be too. See, a lot of you don't know this. A lot of you do, but a lot of you don't know that I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the age of about 13. So I suffered with Crohn's off and on. I would go into remission, uh, got, got married, and we did pretty good. I didn't suffer with it much, and once in a while it would flare up. Have anybody else here have Crohn's or, or a, uh, a, a disease of the lining of the stomach or any of that, a digestive disease? Somebody, Just raise your hands if you have it. Just stand up if you have it, because we're going to pray for you guys before the service. You stand up if you have if you have a digestive system, a disease of some kind, you've been diagnosed with it, it's not a fun thing to live with. Would you all agree? Okay, you all look at these people and make sure you see who they are in your area. Okay, thank you. You be seated. Because I, I dealt with this disease for many, many, many years. And um, in 2014, uh, I got really sick with it. It, it kind of flare, flares up, and it's, 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 it has to do with... Uh, inflammation in your colon or for me it was my colon it can go to a lot of places and it flared up and uh, was in the hospital here a week they couldn't help me uh, my my nephew David and 
put me in the back of the Suburban. They rushed me to a uh, homeopathic doctor that I'd been seeing in, in Grapevine. And she looked at me. She said, you need to go to the emergency room. They took me to the emergency room. The long story, the short story is uh, they did a colonoscopy, perforated my colon. They came out and told my wife and my son that I was unresponsive. I was not going to live. That was in June, uh, late June, early July of 2014. And my wife said, oh, no, 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 there's always hope. And I didn't know it because I, I had gone in for a colonoscopy. That's all I'd gone in for. I woke up with an ileostomy. If you don't know what that is, that's a bag that holds your waist. It is not cool. Had that for four months. But when the thing about, the thing about it was that when the news came that I had pretty much flatlined, the church here began to pray. Now, I don't know how many of you were here at the time, but said they called a prayer meeting. There was still a wall here. This church wasn't this building wasn't this big. But they said the church came together to pray because you had a dream that I died. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she did, uh, thankfully, she knew how not to give that news to my wife. <laughs> you know, don't tell everything you hear. She told the intercessors. But the church came together to pray. Now, it went beyond the church. It went to the kingdom. When it goes beyond the kingdom, you know that you're connected. And let's see, if we're not connected, guys, we're in trouble. So I thought, man, Crohn's is gone. They cut it all out. Took all my colon except for about this much of my colon is left, which causes a lot of complications. So it flared up again. Doctor said, your Crohn's is back. It's back in your colon, and you don't want to lose your colon, do you? I said, no, 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 no. Been there, done that. Don't lose the rest of it. I want to keep it. People prayed. People started praying. They started doing all sorts of tests on me. Then they said I had a blood clot in my liver. And then they said I had an obstruction in my kidney. And I'm thinking, okay, God. Then I woke up with this ugly rash. Oh, what's next? Anybody, anybody ever done that but me? Like, God, what is next? What's coming next? And so he says, preach on healing. No, I don't want to preach on healing. <laughs> I, I still have a lot of issues. I'm still not where I want to be. Preach on healing. Doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you feel. I want you to preach my word. Mary Lou and I take communion every day. We believe in the power of, of prayer. We believe that people are praying. We're, we're doing everything that we know to do in the spiritual. And we're partnering with things in the medical field and in natural things. We're trying whatever God shows us to try. So I'm not against medicine. I'm not, I, I've been in, I was in Shannon this month for five days. They said I had this infection. They couldn't find it. So they do. I, I, they take me to Austin. They're going to do this procedure to get rid of this blockage in my, in my kidney. And they go in there and, and they do the procedure. I wish they hadn't have, but they did it anyway. And they said, oh, the blockage isn't there. So I go, okay, I'm in a lot of pain, but thanks for telling me. You know, you did a surgery, it didn't need to be done. But God took away that obstruction because they saw it and it was gone. Then I come back to San Angelo and they're, reading, they're doing all these scans on me for some infection they can't find yet. I'm going for more tests this week, so just keep praying. But then they come back and they say, well, we looked at your scan again. That, that clot, that blood clot's gone. So I'm thinking, okay, God, there's two miracles. Now I'm just waiting for them to say, wow, your colon is full length. 
Listen, if I don't believe that God can lengthen my colon, I really shouldn't even be up on this stage. If I don't believe that he's the healer, I shouldn't be preaching. But you know, all across the land, across the world, people are pre preaching and teaching that God just, he does heal still, but he only does it sovereignly, just when he wants to. Oh, I think I'll heal her today. I think I'll heal him today. Y'all don't have anything to do with it. No. We're going to look at those, some scriptures, and it's not going to take long to go through these. Somebody needs to pray for that child. Aw. Let's just say all together. Aw. Boy, when I was a kid, if I was crying like that and they were taking me out, it wasn't aw. It was, oh, pray for me. <laughs> was going to get a whooping? Yeah. I know we don't do those things anymore. Who said amen, John? <laughs> You're too old to even think about getting whipped. So, uh, And we didn't call it a spanking. We called it a whipping with a belt. And I survived. Well, maybe that's what caused the Crohn's. I don't know. <laughs> you might think, well, why are you telling me all this? Because I'm telling you all this because some of you are going through some stuff. And you want to get mad at God, and you want to say God doesn't heal anymore because I haven't seen him do it for me. I haven't seen him do it for my pastor. I haven't seen him for doing it for Aunt Josie or, or Uncle Bill. I haven't seen him do it there, and I've prayed for them, and I just, you know, I haven't seen it happen. Does that negate that God st still heals? No. He still heals. He is the healer. If he's not, then really we just should rip out a bunch of pages of our Bible. Psalm 118, 17 says this, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Scott said it a while ago. You got a purpose. He's going to protect you till your purpose is fulfilled. If you're not walking in your purpose, if you're not walking in his in his protection, if you're out from under his protection and you're doing your own thing, there's, you know, all, all bets are off. But if you're, if you're seeking his first, seeking his kingdom first, he says all these things will be added to you. He'll take care of these things. He'll provide for you. He will give you provision. He will continue to work with you and, and show you where and, and take you to what he's called you to do and accomplish if you're doing it for his glory, not for yours. So that's what that's my that's my stand that's my verse I'm standing on today. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And if I'm going to teach on kingdom things, I better start teaching on healing. <coughs> healing is a vast subject. How many of you studied the the subject of healing? How many of you know that there's are thousands upon thousands of books written on healing? Denominations have all different stances on what they believe about healing. I'm not going to give you a comprehensive list and tell you exactly what everything's going to, how it all looks, because I don't even know. I know that it's kind of, sometimes healing is so simple, yet so complicated. You know what I'm talking about? He says, just lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. That sounds simple, doesn't it? Anybody here a Christian? Somebody next to you is sick, then lay your hands on it. didn't say you even pray for them. Just lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's pretty simple, isn't it? But it gets very complicated when somebody doesn't get healed. 
Then you start trying to figure out why they didn't get healed. Then you start looking into the mysteries of healing, even in the scriptures. Listen, the, the subject of healing divides churches. It causes arguments among children of God. It's divisive sometimes. It it's, brings condemnation when you're not healed. What did I do wrong, Lord? Why, didn't, why, why is she healed and I'm not healed? Anybody ever feel that way? We've all seen that these are things that I, you need to hear from me because you may think, you may be that one sitting there going, man, I, I just feel horrible because I know God heals and, and I've still got this fill-in-the-blank disease or that this sickness or this illness or this blindness or this crippleness. Whatever it is, I've still got it. Why hasn't God healed me yet? And listen, these are, these are viable questions that we can ask ourselves and we can ask God. He's not offended when we ask him questions. See, great minds who try to explain why some people are healed and others are not. Was it your faith? Was it the person's faith that prayed for you? Was it just God simply saying it's time for you to be healed? I believe that God sovereignly healed. I, I believe that. Or what about not getting healed? Was it your sin that kept you from being healed? Or maybe it was your ancestor's sin. Your father's, 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 father's sin. Lots of questions. And today, I'm going to give you all the answers. No, I'm not. But we're going to look at a few passages of Scripture quickly. Matthew, I want you to get your Bibles ready. If you don't have them, look on the screen. We're going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Matthew 4, 23. Jesus ministered from place to place throughout all the province of Galilee, and he, ta he taught in the synagogues, preaching the hope of the kingdom realm and healing every kind of sickness and disease among the people. His fame spread everywhere. Many people were in pain and suffering with every kind of illness. Were, they were brought to Jesus for their healing. Epileptics, paralytics, and those tormented by demonic powers were all set free. Say all. all. Everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed healed. This resulted in massive crowds of people following him, including people from Galilee, Jerusalem, the land of Judah, the region of the Ten Cities, known as the Decapolis, and beyond the Jordan River. Number one is that Jesus set the example. This is not Peter. This is not Paul. This is not James. This is not John. This is Jesus setting the example. It's not me. It's Jesus setting the example. Apparently, it's God's will to heal. See, if, if you're stuck there, then you're going to get stuck in the whole process of get, receiving your healing if you don't believe it's God's will to heal. Let me ask you this. Is, was it, is it God's will to save us? What did he die on the cross for? Our sins. Is it God's will to heal us? Yes. What did he die for on the cross? Our sickness. He bore our sicknesses. So it's easy to believe in the sin part, but it's not so easy to believe in the sickness part sometimes. But it says he died for our, all of these things. And for the curse, he's already paid the price for that. So once you understand that it's God's will to heal, if it wasn't God's will to heal, when people were brought to Jesus, he'd say, yep, you're in, no, you're not. Yes, you're good, no, you're not. He didn't do that. He says everyone that they brought to Jesus was healed. He doesn't say their spiritual condition either. Then none of them were Christians because there were no such things as Christian at the time. Okay. God could choose, he could have chosen many ways to reveal his kingdom, but it seems that, and you're going to see in all these verses, that it seems that healing and deliverance were at the forefront. 
Think about it. He didn't go through the town and say, now, be, he said, I want you to know about the kingdom of God and about the gospel message, and now I'm going to build you a new house. Oh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm teaching you the kingdom. I'm going to preach the gospel, and I'm going to give you a bag of gold. Everybody that comes to me, I will. everybody that's poor, I'm going to give you a bag of gold. He didn't demonstrate the kingdom that way, did he? He could have. He could have gone, there's the house, there's the house, there's the house. You want some gold? Here's some gold, 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 gold. You know what? All those things are temporary. And so he's getting their attention, but he's getting his, their attention by casting out demons and healing and raising the dead. See, Jesus messed up every funeral he ever went to. <laughs> messed it up. Every funeral. Lazarus is where? Oh, well, let's get him out of that tomb. Wasted all those spices, Jesus. <laughs> well, you kept them smelling pretty good for a while. So it's his will to heal, and he wants to demonstrate his kingdom by healing people, raising the dead, and casting out demons. Right? Okay, so that's his expression, demonstration of the kingdom that had, had come. And he declared in, his, in Scripture that we were to do greater works than, than his. He left us a mandate to heal the sick, to raise the dead, cast out demons. He left us a mandate to do that. He left that for all of us to do. So somewhere along the line in the 2,000 years since Jesus re was resurrected, many, many churches quit preaching that message. They kept preaching the salvation message, but they quit preaching this, the healing message. It should be preached just as much as any other message. So Jesus set the example. All right, Matthew 9, move to Matthew 9. Just one verse. Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated. Say demonstrated. He demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. The second thing I want to see very quickly this morning is his message was a message of joy. I don't know about you, but when somebody gets healed, that's, there's a lot of joy in the room. I just heard about uh, Courtney's grandfather. Oh, no, it was actually Chris's granddad. Had a tumor, went in to get it checked. Guess what? Tumor gone. I think there's probably joy in the room. Yeah! Oh, no, tumor gone. Oh, man, that's bad. The you know, tumor's gone. No, we're joyful. But when somebody's saved, don't we, don't we kick up our heels? When somebody's healed, shouldn't we kick up our heels? <laughs> Play on words. God just gives me those little nuggets just like that. Kick up our heels when somebody's healed. There's joy in the message. He said he went through the, the region with this joyful message of God's kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom, and then he just turns around and says, this is how the kingdom looks. You're healed, you're healed, you're healed. That's the kingdom that we're in, right? Relationship with the king is a joyful experience, but being trapped in religion is not. John 16, 24, it's one of my wife's favorite verses when we really found out what we had in Jesus. 
Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking him. I like that. And you can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for. And your joy will have no limits. Say, joy has no limits. So when, when we're praying, when we're in this kingdom mindset, and we're walking in the kingdom, and we're serving the king, and the king says, this is the person I want you to pray for, and they get, they get healed, then there's this joy that just rises up within you, right? And your joy will have no limits. You know what the problem is? We just quit asking. We don't ask like we should. Because of past failures, the past experiences, we just don't ask. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. I say this all the time. We should be the happiest people on the, fa place, uh, on the face of the planet. Christians should be the most joyful people. We should be the most peaceful people. Because of the righteousness of Christ that covers us. That we're walking through this. this we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not even, have any, not even have any fear. Because he is walking with us through it. So his second thing is his message was a message of joy. Our message is a message of joy. Now turn to Matthew chapter 10. A couple of verses there. First of all, Jesus set the example. He gave us his message, and it's a joyful message. And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are... Didn't he just have like a one-track mind? <laughs> you must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick. And make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Ho-hum. <laughs> just raise the dead back to life. Okay, Jesus, that sounds easy. You know, he didn't make it sound complicated, did he? Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. The third thing I want you to see is that it should be our common practice. As you go, release to others what God has already released to you. He's given it to you freely. Give salvation is a free gift. So how do you give salvation? Well, you tell somebody else about your salvation. And then you, they ask you, well, how did you get it? How did you earn it? And you say, I didn't. That's the secret. It was a free gift. He gave it to me. It's called grace. Then you get to share what he's given you. You've been healed? How many of you have been healed by God? Okay. Well, there, there's a, hundreds of testimonies right there. So how do you give that away? You tell somebody your testimony. You, you, you say, they, they ask you what happened to you. Well, God healed me. Well, if he healed you, can he heal me? Yes. Can I pray for you? Yes, you can pray for me. You know, many times the people that get healed of one thing, they can pray for somebody that has the same thing as them, and they get healed. I don't know how, why it works that way, just sometimes it works that way. Or you get a word of knowledge. Man, almost 100% of the time you get a word of knowledge, somebody gets healed because God specifically spoke to you to speak to somebody else and he gave you a word of knowledge. And word of knowledge is supernatural. You don't have to, you can't figure it out. You can't muster it up. You can't conjure it up. It's just a thought. God gives you a thought. If you drop something in your spirit, 
You need to go to see. You need to go pray for Mary right now. Mary needs prayer right now. She's got this going on in her body. And you need to ask her if you can touch, if you can lay hands on her and pray for her. And listen, when God does that, he's already prepared the other side of that coin to be responding to what you've already said to them. He's already got both sides of it figured out. He's just wanting us to be willing vessels. As you're going, should be our common practice. Has God broken off your past? Has he, really, has he reset your future? Then can you tell somebody about that? Freely you receive that. Freely you ought to give. Has he set you free from addiction? If he has set you free from addiction, guess what? You need to freely give that information out as a form, in a form of a testimony to somebody else that is battling an addiction. Why? So you can give them hope. Freely you've received, freely give. You don't charge them for it. You don't say, well, if, if you'll come mow my lawn, I'll pray for you. <laughs> Preston. <laughs> he wouldn't take that. He'd say, if you pray for me, Papa, but give me 50 bucks. <laughs> I, I know of no greater example of somebody that has the common practice of as they're going than my wife. I just don't. We don't get places on time because she's always praying for somebody. And, and just this last week has been crazy. Like, we're going to go a certain place, and she'll say, well, we need to turn here. And I, no, 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 that's not the way. We're going to go this way. She no, I think we need to go this way. Ends up running into somebody we need to pray for, or she needs to pray for. We came out of a restaurant the other night. I said, well, the car is parked up there. She said, well, yeah, but... Let's walk down to the church. Well, now let's go to the car. She said, no, let's walk. Let's go. Okay, we'll walk. I don't know why I even ask her twice. It's fruitless. We go out the door, walk a few feet to the right. There's some people there sitting in the parking lot that know us. Can you pray for my daughter? She wanted to commit suicide today. If we'd have gone to our car, we wouldn't have seen her. Stuff like that. Which we <laughs> where, where were we going? We were going to go to the Greasy Spoon Cafe. Yeah. I know. I'm not going to tell the name of it either because it's not, it's not healthy eating. <laughs> and I have a certain way that I get there. And she said, no, let's go down this street. <laughs> okay. I like to go through the park. I said, okay. So we turned and we got stopped at the light. Look down here at the church. There's a lot of people gathered in front of the church on Saturday. And I said, what are these people doing there? I don't know of anything going on at the church. Maybe, a, maybe I'm supposed to do a wedding. I don't know. <laughs> I missed one one time. <laughs> yeah, I did. So she said, well, pull on down there. Let's, let me get out and ask them what's going on. So there was a baby shower. And there's some people upstairs didn't know that the, the baby shower was downstairs. Janice. Where's Janice? Yeah, thanks for telling them. But it was a divine appointment that if you had it told them, then we wouldn't have got to. So my wife said, well, there were a couple of them that were on walkers, and they needed help. They needed assistance. One just had back surgery. So you know where this is going. <laughs> so we get them in our car and drive down the alley and deposit them down here, and I'm back, ready to get back in the car and go eat at the Greasy Spoon, and I look over there, and Mary Lou's praying for the lady. Because as she goes, she hears and she does. That should be all of us. I go to a restaurant. She wants to 
pray for the waiter or the waitress, and I won't eat food. <laughs> she said, you're really good in your church environment, but outside the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest. Because that's what Jesus did. He says, as you're going, do this. As you're going. It should be your common practice. Then you get these cool testimonies. Sometimes they get even broadcast from up here. Turn to Luke 9. Verse 1, Jesus summoned together the twelve of his twelve apostles and imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick to demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. Y'all seeing that? That's how they saw the kingdom arriving. As he sent them out, he gave them these instructions. Take nothing except extra on your journey. Just go as you are. Don't carry a staff. That means I, I can't take my staff with me wherever I go. <laughs> don't carry a staff a backpack food money not even a change of clothes whatever home welcomes you as a guest remain there and make it your base of ministry and wherever your ministry is re rejected and not welcomed you are to leave that town and shake the dust off your shoes as a testimony before them the apostles departed went to the villages with the, with the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm and they instantly healed diseases wherever they went Fourth thing I want you to see is there's no excuses. No excuses. Seems to me the problem that we have is that we like to make excuses for God. Or we like to make excuses for ourselves. Did you notice most people don't like to take the blame for something? I don't care who it is. If it's an adult or it's children, it's always they did it. Or they caused me to do it. Or they made me do it. Or, you know, I, We like to blame people. and so We like to make excuses for when things don't happen the way they should happen. And Jesus didn't give them an out. Don't you see that? The only out, well, he did give them one out here. He said, if they reject me, if they reject you because of me, then just move on. Shake the dust off your feet and move on. No excuses. Even in his hometown, Jesus couldn't do many miracles. Remember that? Because they said, well, that's just Mary and Joseph's son. Who's he? And he did just a few miracles. And, and then he, you know what he did after that? He didn't say, well, then Jesus hung around and cried for a few days and tried to figure out everything. He says he went from village to village from that. Mark chapter 6. He just took off. Well, they don't want to hear my message. I'm going on. Listen, some people don't want to hear your message. You don't have to labor over it. You don't have to make excuses. You just say, God bless you, and I release you to the will of God, and I'm out of here. I'm going to go to somebody who will listen. We, we don't need to make excuses when somebody's not healed. We don't have to say, it was not my faith. We sure don't have to blame them. We don't blame God. We just say, you know what? I've prayed for you, and I've released you, and I'm blessing you, and, and God's not through with you yet. You know, a healing takes time. There's miracles happening instantaneously, a miracle, but healing sometimes takes Days or weeks or months or years, I don't know. But whatever the case is, when you pray, something's going to happen. When you pray in the name of Jesus, we've already talked about that, the powerful name of Jesus. When you pray in his name, something's going to happen. So don't make excuses for God. He doesn't need our cover-up. He's he's, he's, he can handle it. 
And don't make excuses for that prayer. Well, I wish maybe there's some sin. Listen, if Holy Spirit gives you something, if you get a word of knowledge, maybe they need to forgive somebody. That's cool. You might need to go to that place. Or maybe you weren't even prepared in your heart to pray for somebody. But listen, God didn't. He just told them to go, 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 go. And as you're going, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I'm thinking he sent out all these guys and they weren't perfect. And he's sending us out today and we're not perfect. But he's going to use us if we'll let him. I didn't get an amen there. I wrote this down. The perfect Jesus lives in us. But sometimes our imperfect selves get in the way. Sometimes that's the reason. We just get in the way. Our doubt and unbelief get in the way. What do you do when your doubt and unbelief get in the way? R-E-P-E-N-T. Repent. Because it happens to all of us. You ever pray for somebody like, man, I ain't nothing happening. Anybody ever pray for somebody, ain't nothing happening. Or you walk away, you go, man, why didn't God do something? <laughs> Maybe I messed up. Maybe I said the wrong prayer. See, people like to, to say the right words and everything. And, and I guess that's important. But again, Jesus just said, lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. Just believe. We need to quit making excuses. Just repent and pray for them again. Luke 10, verse 8. When you enter to a new town and when you've been welcomed by its people, follow these rules. Eat what has served you, then heal the sick and tell them all. God's kingdom realm has arrived and is now within your reach. The last thing I want us to look at this morning is we are atmosphere changers. He was expecting these guys when he sent the 12 out and when he sent the 70 out. He was expecting these towns to be changed, and they were. Now, I didn't do the math. Merely to do the math on 100,000 divided by 500, how many people that we could atmosphere, our atmosphere is, how, how many involved. Somebody want to figure that up real fast in your little cat, huh? 20,000 mm, times 500? That's like 12 billion, isn't it? Not, no. 500 into 100,000. How many is that? Somebody. 200? That sounds more right. Somebody multiply 200 times 500. What is that? 100,000? Okay. Can you influence 200 people? Oh, yeah. Everybody in here can influence 200 people. The bottom line is that we carry this beautiful treasure within us, Holy Spirit. And when we walk into a room, we should change the atmosphere of the room. And if you walk into the room and people want to walk out because you're Mr. or Mrs. Grumpy, you're not changing the atmosphere in a good way. Listen, if you're Mr. or Mrs. Grumpy on a, hundred, uh, uh, every, on a daily basis, please just don't tell them you're a Christian. <laughs> Hide the fact. That's probably not going to go over well. <laughs> I love Jesus. Yeah, I love Jesus. Yeah. He saved me. I'm not going to hell. Well, happy you. <laughs> I put
put this down. This is, this is funny. As believers, we should be the life of the party. So I was, I was just thinking, how many of you used to be the life of the party in a negative way, and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah! Oh, this is a great party, isn't it? Staggering around, just having, telling jokes, and everybody loved you until you threw up on them. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've seen obituaries where, where they'll say, you know, oh, Joe, he was the life of the party. And I know when they write that, I know what they're really actually saying, that he liked to drink a lot and party a lot and have fun. But as Christians, we carry the real true life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's a party. Jesus is a party person. First miracle he did was at a party. And he said, I'm going to get the good wine out. But beyond that, when one sinner, the Bible says, when one sinner repents, they have a party in heaven. I think it's going to be a continual celebration when we get to heaven. I don't think there's going to be any Mr. Grumpies up there. Oh, man, I can't believe the drapes that they've got in my mansion. <laughs> I want to go plated faucets and platinum. Oh. Some people will gripe, I guess, in heaven. I don't know. But we're supposed to be the life of the party because when we walk into a room, we change the atmosphere of the room. When you walk into the restaurant, they shouldn't go, oh, there's that stingy old grumpy guy that always sends his food back. <laughs> we should be the best tippers. Yeah. Uh, now he's going to start talking about tithing. Because a lot of y'all are the worst tippers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't tip God, we tithe, we give. We need to take that attitude out. We need to give. Bless people. Man, we should be the people that bless people. Don't be an atmosphere changer. Just go bless some people. And have no clue why you're doing it. Just say, man, Jesus loves you here. Bless them. We should be the life of the party. You know, when these guys, when he sent them out to these homes, he said, eat what is served. You know what he's telling there? Be humble. Don't, don't, don't go into the, that house that invited you in and say, well, I want steak and lobster tonight. That'll be fine for me. You eat what has served you. In other words, he's talking about being humble. That's what we're to be. That's how we change the atmosphere. We're humble servants of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we take the atmosphere of healing into the room. We take the atmosphere of joy into the room. We, we take the atmosphere of peace into the room. When you go to your family reunion, everybody's going, nye, 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 and you bring the peace in there. You bring it in. You don't join into the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just bringing this, making it practical now, and you're, you're saying I'm meddling, right? You don't know my family. God loves your family. He wants all your family to be saved. And you might be that light, that atmosphere changer that brings it in. Amen.
1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, the cross. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Like I said, there's a thousand aspects to healing. But it all begins with what Jesus did on the cross. It all begins there. He paid the price. And now he wants us to be imparters of that great joy of healing. Would you stand? I hope you're encouraged when you leave today to start looking around people that God would direct you to to pray for so we can share testimonies of how good God is. I guess there are people out there that don't want prayer, but I've never asked somebody that, would you like me to pray for you, that they actually rejected it. I'm sure there's somebody that has. But most people, they'll welcome it. Because everybody needs a touch from God. And your hand is the hand of God. Did you know that? When you touch somebody, you're touching somebody in the name of Jesus. You know, when Peter and, and James, or Peter and John were walking by the gate, beautiful, and they said the man was calling out, he said, alms, alms, I, I just need some money, give me some money. And they knew he was crippled. They said, well, we don't have any money, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. But you know what they did then, John? They lifted him up. They put their hands to his hands. And they raised him up. Because don't you know, it was a little bit shaky going up at first. Like, well, what are you guys doing? And they just helped. That's what we do. We help people up. We lift them up. And then all of a sudden, strength came in his legs. But they need that touch. They need a tangible touch. They need a tangible, a fresh word of encouragement from the body of Christ, from the kingdom of God. So this morning, we're not going to just preach on healing. We're going to demonstrate healing. Because God is the healer. And on our ministry team, please come. I want all the ministry team to the front this morning. All the ministry team to the front. And have oil available. It's right behind you, Randy. I know we got there's another oil down at the end. I'm talking about a physical issue this morning. Because they're all pumped now to pray for you. They're pumped. Okay? Got a little Holy Spirit pump juice like they want to pray for the sick they want to pray for you this morning if you've been diagnosed with a disease or an illness if it's something now I want to ask the ministry team to pay attention if it's something that is physical that like a, a limp or, or back problem or something like that ask them as you pray with them ask them if, if it's getting better if it's getting better if it doesn't it's not getting better keep praying we really want to, I, and I'm not just, I'm asking for people with a physical ill, ailment, ailment to step out and come this morning, and we want to pray for you. We want to anoint you with oil. The Bible says to anoint them with the oil. Now, here's one of, just some instructions I want to give you as you come this morning. One of the first things it says in the Word of God is to receive our healing. We confess our sins. We confess to one another. You don't necessarily, they're not pre, you don't have to confess sins to these people, but if there's unforgiveness in your heart or there's something that it could be a block from you receiving what God has for you, 
Just confess that to the Lord this morning. Just confess that to the Lord this morning.